and men hanging out, talking life, praying together. When men pray, something happens. Men can talk. Men can preach. Men can serve. These are good things. But when the men of God pray, that's when mountains move. And I am seeing and believing for what God is going to do in the men in this body as it shapes what I believe will be the entire world. So if you're a man, you missed Friday night, that's all right. We'll have another one. But don't forego the responsibility for us to, for us to be in relationship that we might be able to carry one another's burdens. Hershey was out of town on a trip and he got stuck. back till he's here. Well, you got to turn around. You're leaving it when you leave again. 2 p.m. Traveling man for work. He said, oh, this one's vacation. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> the last one, this one's hitting the slopes. The last one was for work. And as he was gone, he wasn't, he was, he was, you know, traveling the ice and all that. His flight was delayed and all this stuff. And he was trying to get back. And I asked him what I would ask any man that's in the body that's married. Which is, I texted you, we were chatting back and forth, and I was like, does your wife need anything? Because you're gone. And I care. And I would want someone to care for my wife if I were gone, and it was ice, and she were here. Wouldn't you? This is what we do. Because if we're brothers, then he's my brother, and I'm his brother, then we should care. At least to ask. And how will I know him, or know what he needs, or his family needs, if there's opportunity for guys to get together and I choose that it's not important to me. Because whatever you come to, that's what's important. Right? I mean, you get to choose. It's your life. There's very few people that don't get to go somewhere. Don't get to be where they want to be. You may not have planned well. Sometimes that happens. We don't plan well. It's like, ah, darn, you know. You found out last minute, oh, I mean, I'm here, there, whatever. It's, it is what it is. But I want to encourage the men to be together, to know what's going on, to find some men who are friends, be in relationship with them. And to the ladies, too. Because this Wednesday night kicks off for this semester. The Wednesday night with the women's. They're studying the word of God this Wednesday night. They'll be here. There's child care. If you're a lady, get in this place. Study the word of God with other women. Be in group. Have discussions. Pray together. It'll be powerful. Speaking of groups, we got groups launching tonight. How about that? We had our group's launch party this past Sunday. We showcased a lot of the groups in the lobby and shared different groups, what do they look like, who's hosting them, you know, so you could go around and, like, pick some really good-looking people you want to be in the group with, you know what I'm saying? Like, they look cool, I want to hang with them, or, you know, whatever. So people signed up for groups. If you weren't here last week, you didn't sign up for a group, there's Connect cards on the, on the seat back of every row. You can grab one of those Connect cards, and you, there's a spot on there to check. I, I'm interested in the groups. A lot of them launch tonight, and a lot of them meet at 5 o'clock. So if you check today and you want to go tonight, we'll get you the information fast so that you can go. And if you miss tonight, that's fine. They happen, most of them, about every other week. So they'll happen again in a couple weeks. But I want you to be in a group. We do so much prayer on Monday night, trainings on Monday night. We're teaching the Word of God. We're equipping youth. We're equipping children. We're, 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 doing, we're doing training in ministry. There's so many places at Authentic to grow spiritually. But what I don't want people to miss is to have genuine friendship. So at the group, 
No one's quizzing your Bible knowledge. It's just a place to meet people, to have friends, and to have godly conversations that can go somewhere in life. It's good. It'll, it'll bless you. So, make it a priority. Go. Hey, how many of you have to take tests for work to, like, move in or, or advance in your work? Anybody? Raise your hand like, you're, like you like me and that you appreciate I'm asking the question. You would. Okay, thanks. Uh, some people. Isaiah recently had to take a test for work. It's part of life sometimes. My wife, she's a nurse. She works one day a week. You're raising your hand? Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. I give you a promotion. You're promoted and you get a raise. I double your salary right now. That's right. Good for you. I don't know how much you get paid when you're four and a half, but. There's food. Man. What was I thinking? Not only is there child care, the word of God, and awesome women, but the most important thing, there's food, there's food, there's food. Freshly cooked, home-cooked meal. Be there, all right? We got this awesome kitchen. We're going to use it, by golly. Get, get in the place. So now if you're, a, if you're not a woman, you're like, darn it, I'm missing out on the food. You're right, you are, okay? Too bad for you. Buy your own. My wife's a nurse, and she has to take tests. She works one day a week as a nurse. Um, you know, she may or may not have made it to the hospital this past week because her husband didn't think it was right to drive in the snow. And he's like, oh, baby, I also want you to stay with me, too. But anyways, <laughs> it was bad roads out there, right? They really were. And, you know, she's got to take these tests to keep the same standards she has as a nurse, but also to advance as well. And there's newness happening in life that requires us to know and be educated upon what is current. Am I right? So maybe what was right 50 years ago for an RN, for a nurse, maybe that's not the standard anymore. It's not maybe. It's not the standard anymore 50 years later, right? Because we're growing. And in the same way, I believe this happens in our faith because not that God is moving the standard, but that we're supposed to be going from glory to glory advancing as we go. I talked about this last week, about growing up and not being children and having joy and how having joy will change the environments of which we're in and our life and what happens and what we do. And I'm going to talk about this concept of joy for as long as the Lord allows me to do it. And then we'll talk about whatever he has next. Good enough? Okay. I want to take you to a passage of scripture in James chapter 1. You want to turn to James chapter 1. And I want to talk about a test. They happen in life, they happen in your spiritual life too. James chapter 1, we'll start in verse 2. Here's what it says. Count it all joy. Can you say it with me? All joy. Thank you for that. Semi-half-hearted. Repeat back. My brothers and my sisters. When you meet trials, count it all joy. That means you look at it. You ever counted anything before? You have. You're smart. I'm teaching my son to count. He knows one. He knows two. That's it. Sometimes he has like seven or nine or like a random number that he heard somewhere out there, you know. 
Because it's almost, I mean, I'm, I'm so close to getting three. I feel like any moment we're going to get three. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. You, when, when it says, when you're thinking of the concept of counting, it's like, okay, so now I've taken time, I've counted, I know what is there as best I can. So when, when I count it, all joy, it's not my ignorance in which I'm joyful. This is what it's saying. I know what's going on around me and in me. I've considered it. I've thought about it. And at this moment, I'm choosing in light of what's around me and what's happening in me and through me, regardless of what it looks like, feels like, smells like, sounds like, is like, I'm choosing to count it as all, not some, not 98%, not 61%. I'm choosing to count it as all joy. When I meet trials. Now, most people don't want to meet trials. We had an opportunity right now for anyone who wants a, a difficult thing to happen in their life this week. Come on down. We're going to hand them out. I'm staying in my seat. Aren't you? I don't want something difficult handed to me. I don't want a trial. You can go, and I did, and you can study the, the Greek on this word trial, and you can study the Greek on the word testing and how they're different and how one comes from the devil and one may come from God and one may just be life situation. We can get like really into the weeds here on a lot of stuff and that's great and I don't mind that but I want to stay on what I think is primary in the text for this morning on this word joy. How do I keep my joy in the midst of a trial? Am I supposed to? Should I? Is it possible? What are the steps? When I meet trials, I'm back to the text, of various kinds, I'm supposed to count it all joy, for I'm knowing, it says in the text, for knowing that the testing. Now, when I face a trial... I'm counting it joy because I know that it's a testing. It's not an accident. It's a testing. And the word there, testing, has the connotation that the teacher is positively believing that you'll pass the test. Not hoping that you'll fail the test. In school, if all the students fail the test, the teacher has to give a curve on the test. Because the teacher can't be dumb. The teacher's supposed to equip the students. So the test must have been too hard, so we curve it for everyone who's there, right? The teacher is hoping that the students will pass the test. And in the same way, 
God, being our great teacher, is not putting a test out there to try to trip you or make you fail, but the test and the trial is to test the genuineness, the authenticity of your faith. And if there wasn't hope that there would be genuine or authentic faith, then there wouldn't be a test. Because you're not ready for the test yet. You need more time to study and prepare. We'll give you a test next week. But because there seems to be hope that there's authentic faith, genuineness, steadfastness inside of you in your faith, a trial might be released in the form of a test that you might pass. Anybody, I won't even ask. You, why would you want to fail? Doesn't matter what test it is, easy, hard, whatever. You want to pass. It's in our nature to want to pass. Some people say that, I've heard it, you know, Facebook, life, preaching, whatever, that the teacher is quiet during the test. Have you heard that? Some people say that the teacher will only test you on what they taught you. You heard that one? They're good. I like them. I'm not saying they're wrong. When I was in school, the teacher was quiet during the test. And a lot of times when I'm going through testing, it seems like God is far away. It's hopeful to believe that why would God test us on something that he hasn't taught us on? Well, he's, a, he's a good father. It's not to trick us. So these are good. I, I, I like them. They're giving me hope. Regardless of whether or not they're 100% true, it's 100% true that the Bible says we're to be joyful during the test. Is the teacher quiet? I don't know 100%. Were we, were we thoroughly taught on this material? I don't know 100%. But what I know 100% is that the word of God says that we are to count it all joy. That while, not after, not before, that during difficulty, trial, and testing, we are supposed to have a posture and an expression of joy. So the word of God says. That I'm supposed to consider it pure joy. Pure joy. Joy, whenever I face various kinds of trials. Most of us don't really know what pure is because it's so hard to find anything these days that's actually pure. We don't see purity in our shows we watch, so therefore we don't model it, so therefore our children don't walk in it. We don't see purity in what we buy, because almost everything that you buy that has a label on it is trying to trick you. My wife bought some diapers this week. She sent me a picture. And it said, it said something like 100% leak-proof protection. I'm like, hold on, man. Let me tell you, you never met my kid. <laughs> you should have got Maverick and Ranger to be the testers on those diapers because they just know out of the gate. You can't make them 100% leak-proof. Tell that to the onesies we've been running right through, man. Tell that to the one we pooped on on the way to the zoo, had to stop at Baby Gap and buy some new clothes on the way to the zoo. 
Luckily, I walked in. I was proclaiming the favor of God as we walked in. I was like, there will be something in here that is that fits and is on sale. And there was. I told my wife about, I don't know, maybe in the summertime, we drink in the past simply lemonade. Because as you go about most stores, it's there and... It seems good, right? And maybe you know what happened with Simply Limit, Simply and all that stuff with the orange juice and everything recently. It doesn't really matter. I'm not here to blast Simply. I couldn't. It doesn't matter to me. But I'll tell you this. I noticed because I am kind of a peculiar guy and it's hard for me not to notice some things and I tend to be like particular, some people would say. And so I have to tone down my particularness because if you, if you live with someone that is particular all the time about everything, then you might hit him with a hammer. I don't know. And I don't want to get hit with a hammer at all, ever, at any point, on any part of my body. I shut my hand in the door last night, and I thought, why did I do that? I'm a grown man. I've been using doors for 30 years. What am I doing? It happens. I noticed that the Simply Lemonade changed the color. Like, it just, like I said, I just noticed stuff. It's like it's not the same color anymore. And so I flipped it around to the back, and I noticed what used to be high percents of actual lemonade had gone down sometime in the summer, and it's now, I think, 11% actually lemonade. 11%? What's the other 89% in there? Where's the real lemonade? I'm drinking lemonade. It says lemonade on it. You sell it to me, you made me pay $19 a half gallon for it. All right, I'm kidding. You can only for like four bucks. And out of the whole container, half of one glass that I would drink would actually be lemonade. Let's break it down like that. You see what I'm saying? The first half glass you pour out is lemonade. The rest, it's not lemonade. It's, it's from concentrate. What's concentrate? We don't know. Whatever we had. My great-grandma used to make cookies. She would make chocolate chip cookies. They were chocolate chip and whatever she had. Every time they were different. Just, oh, I had some cranberries. I just threw them in there. Had some strawberries. That's just how she was. You're not going to waste anything. I had some extra pickles. I just tossed them in there. You won't taste it. It's fine. A little surprise for you. Consider it not a variation of joy or a part of joy, but pure joy when I face trials. As I'm going through them, while they're happening, no matter what they're like. Many people that are Christians and read the Bible and come to church, the definition of passing the test, let me go ahead and give you that as my title this morning, taking notes, word of God. Praise him. Here's my title, you ready? Do you pass the faith test? Ooh, man, I hope. Praise God. I don't know, we'll find out if you do or not. You'll probably find out this week. Many people would answer this question, do they pass the faith test by deciding if they still attend a church 
after something difficult in their life happens. Or, and I'm talking to mature believers, is that all right? I don't want to speak to you like your babies. You want to get baby talk, go on the internet. There's lots of it out there, all right? It's all over the place. You can find all kinds of stuff out there. I want to bring you some solid food today to grow up believers and help you walk in your faith and live it out. You good with that? Many believers, they would, they would filter through their mind, what does it mean to pass the test? And most people, I think, would go to the place of survival. Not being demeaning. Let's just, just walk with me for a second, okay? I passed the test because I got through the test. I made it to the other side of the test, so I passed. Let me tell you something. I don't know where we got the rationale when it comes to the Word of God and our faith and being tested, but that would never apply to any form of scholastic test. Not even close. No. Hey, teach. Although that's just not a good start. Hey, teach anyways. Just throwing it out there, okay? Use their name and be proper and everything. Hey, teach. I sat here for the same 45 minutes that everybody else did. I wrote some answers. I didn't write some answers. You said the test is over, so I'm turning in my test. I got through it, so I passed, right? Where did you go? Where'd you transfer from? <laughs> that don't work. So why do we think that when it comes to the testing of our faith, if we can just get through it? God, just bring me through it. God, what will you do while, you, while we go through it? If I can just get to the other side of the, if I can just get to the other side of the test, oh God, would be, I'd be so blessed. I'd be happy. I'd have the house that I wanted. I'd be walking in the freedom that I have. I'd be broken free of addiction. If I can just get to the, get to the other side of the test. I hope you will get to the other side of the test. Most of the time, we do get to the other side of the test because our teacher is so merciful. He's so merciful. He doesn't want us to go through what is difficult. He genuinely wants us to be blessed and to thrive and to have life and life abundantly. But more than he wants that, he wants obedience, faithfulness, and for us to grow in those things. This is why a good shepherd who has a wandering sheep, he has all the sheep. Let's say he has a hundred because you like that song, all right? He's got a hundred sheep. He's a good shepherd, and the one that keeps going away from him, what he has to do to that sheep is he has to take that one sheep, he has to break its legs, then carry it and keep it near to him because he can't walk because his legs are broke. While its legs heals, it can't go anywhere, and it stays nearby the shepherd so that it remembers and learns and retains the shepherd's voice. Because those who know my voice will know no other. And neither will they wander or stray from my voice. It's those who forgot about the voice of God and the goodness of his voice that tend to stray away. You would say, that's, that's a messed up dude, breaking the sheep's legs. No, no. That is the way. Study it in the word of God. That's the way. I, I, don't, I don't want anyone, God doesn't want anyone to suffer. 
But the testing of your faith produces something that's necessary in your life. That's why the, the test is not about getting through it. It's about having joy while you're going through the testing. See, that's how you pass. It doesn't actually matter what the score looks like on the piece of paper. Let me tell you, it's flipped because God's economy is different. Did you get all the answers right? Maybe not. Did you check all the boxes? Maybe not. In third grade, I did a true and false test, 10 questions, true or false, true or false. Man, that's the last test I would ever want to take. They're, they're tricky. That's the point. I didn't know a few of them, so I did a T with a little F on it also. <laughs> Cover the bases. I'm a smart guy. What I didn't realize was I was guaranteeing that I would get that one wrong. I was taking away my 50-50 odds on my T or my F by putting both a T and an F. Now it's just wrong. On three of them, I went, you know, I kind of tried it. I could have got one of them right. I got all three of them wrong. I got more of them wrong than that. So let me just go ahead and put that out there. Bombed that one. The way that God's test works is by not having all the right answers. The way God's test works is by having all the joy in the midst of answering the answers you do and you don't have by going through the testing that you feel like you are or are not ready for by whether it feels good or it feels really bad, I'm choosing to count it, to express it as all pure joy. That's how I pass his test. And he will test. He does test. He's testing more than half the room now probably. And the half that he's not testing now, he'll start testing that half this week. Not a trick, a test. Can you have joy while going all the way through it? Joy. Greek word for joy. Hara. The Greek root for joy. Hairo. When you study them, the meaning is full of cheer. Especially when meeting, greeting, or leaving. I thought it was interesting that the root of the word joy, which is in the Bible a bunch of times, that the root of it means to be full of cheer and the same as the word too. They're very similar. They're not like some roots are like, whoa, you're moving a long ways. This word's like, if it's here, it's here. It's three letters. In Hebrew, it's, in Greek, it's a few more letters than three. For fun, I was writing some Greek this week. And it's hard. Full of cheer when meeting and greeting and leaving, especially when, right? It's very, it, it was impactful to me because I felt like when you meet somebody, you have an opportunity to give something in the first interaction of the meeting. You know how they say like, you can't have a second first impression, you know? There's, a, there's an opportunity in meeting and in greeting to give something that you have to the person or people that you're meeting or greeting. 
You have the ability, because you are tested and tried, and have made it through difficulty while keeping joy, right? You have the ability to show up to a room, a house, a place, a car, an outside venue, an interaction, a coffee shop, somewhere where there's people that you're going to meet. And you have the opportunity to bring something that they wish that they had. Joy. They, they can't buy it. They can't put it in their savings account. They can't work for it. They can't earn it. They can't steal it unless you let them. Then they still won't have it. That'd be, that'd be so sad. You broke into my house. You stole my TV. Put it in the back of your car. You drove off. I don't have it because it's stolen. You're driving down the road. You turn around. You look and you realize you don't have it either. You do that sometimes. We do that. We try to steal what someone else has. They don't have it. They leave without it, and we leave without it. When they show up joyful, and I don't like it, so I try to rain on their parade, we both leave without it. But when you meet and you greet and you interact, you have something to give because you've been tested and tried and you have joy, which only comes from Jesus, which is only fruit from him. It's only byproduct of the Holy Spirit. And now you can give said joy into that interaction. But also when you're leaving, did you know that? Some people that you meet with can be so draining. No one in this room, of course. But you've met with them. You work with some of them. You do life with them. And after you leave the time with them, you're just like, oh. Why, Lord? How much longer, Lord, should I be with such a faithless generation? No, I'm the only one? All right. You have the ability to leave with the same joy you gave to leave that place with that joy. How you come and how you go matters. Read the word of God. He says, he says, righteousness will go before you. Glory will go behind you. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be the front and not the back. Here's the thing. When you go, you'll have joy. And when you leave, you'll have joy. And when you interact, you'll have joy. Why? Because you not only endured to survive the testing of your faith, but you chose to exercise the spiritual fruit and muscle of joy while you could have griped, you could have grumbled, you could have complained, you could have went and quit. You decided, no, 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 I'm going to do what isn't popular, and I'm going to give praise and thanksgiving, and I'm going to give adoration, and I'm going to tell everybody, this is my God that I serve. You just wait and see. People text me, they ask me, how you doing? You know, that you haven't talked to in a while, like old friends. I had a few old friends, like, I haven't talked to in over a year. It's like, text me, hit me up, you know. They don't live around here. They're just checking on me. Maybe because of the snow around here. That eight feet of snow we got. I was posting it on Instagram with Mav. We were playing in the snow. 
People are like, oh, man, there's really snow. I'm like, I'm, I just told them, like, no, there really wasn't. It was just like a thin, like one, one eighth of a millimeter of ice to where we couldn't drive. And on top of it was this, like, very thin layer of ice chips. We couldn't make a snowball with it. You couldn't do anything with it. We just were, were pretending, all right? <laughs> we have good imaginations here, and we live by faith and not by sight, all right? <laughs> I, so I just told them, that's what's happening down here, okay? By faith, the roads are too bad to go out right now. We got to stay home, all right? They were checking on me, and I told them, they're like, how, how are you? And I said, I'm so blessed that when everybody finds out how blessed I am, they will not know what to do. That's what I told them. Their response, oh, great. Like, that's the level of joy of which I'm choosing to live with. I, in my response to send that, I'm not checking on my bank account and if my check engine light's on, which it is. You know, my wife, she's hard, she's hard on stuff. That's just how she is. She just... She's Colombian, she's Latina, she breaks stuff. <laughs> That's okay, I just told her, after a couple years of her breaking everything that we had, I said, you just keep breaking it, I'll just keep fixing it, it's fine. <laughs> like, don't even feel bad. If you, if you want to try not to break it, that would mean a lot. <laughs> but I don't expect that, I don't need that. There's other things that I expect from you. You're, you're, you're great, just, if you break it, you break it, I'll fix it. So I just go around, I got screwdrivers in multiple parts of the house, I'm not kidding. I got them spread out, so I don't, I don't want to walk on the other side into the garage. I can't, I, can't be afford, I can't afford emotionally to go to the garage that many times to get my tools. <laughs> so I'm just breaking all the time. Just, just fixing it, you know. Just got to do it. And I count it all joy when I do it. I don't check around and see what's happening in my life. Am I doing good? Am I doing bad? No, I just choose. You know, you can do bad or you can do good and still have joy regardless of whether you're doing bad or doing good. So I just choose joy. I'm choosing joy. I'm counting it all joy. When I meet you, I'm bringing joy. When I leave, I'm leaving with joy. And while I'm with you, I'm going to stir up the joy inside of you because that's the power that I have in the spirit to give that. And that has nothing to do with how sanctified I chose to be at church or not. That has to do with did I keep my joy while going through the trial. And if I did, I passed the test of that God has given me so that I can bring joy into your life. Do you see the power that's in you and when you get tested? It's a fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, joy. Fruit grow, grows, it's cultivated. It comes only from the Spirit. There's evidence that it exists. You cannot have joy with no evidence. People know that you're grumpy and that you're mean. You know, you know who they are? You're not confused. Like, hey, how was so-and-so? Yeah, I don't really know if he was grumpy or mean or not. I can't really. No, no, you knew. They were a butt. They were mean. They weren't nice. They're grumpy. They're all dried up. Doesn't matter how old they are, how young they are. They're just dried up. I don't want to be around them. And then you know other people that you're like, when I'm around them, it's easy. When I'm around them, I leave feeling better than when I got there. That's joy. That's because they went through something that was hard 
that pressed them in such a way that they had reason to complain or gripe or grumble, but they made a choice not to. And in that choice that they made to choose joy, they were given a gift, a fruit inside of them that now they can reproduce into the world around them. Fruit makes seeds if you eat it and enjoy it. Let's go back to the text for one second. Testing of your faith. For your faith, say faith. For your faith produces steadfastness. See, when I go through the trial and I'm not thinking I just got to survive, but I'm thinking I need to keep joy no matter what I'm going through, then what happens is faith is grown inside of me and faith produces steadfastness. And now the next time I go through a trial, I'm not having to work as hard to stay joyful because I have a steadfastness over me, which means I literally stand firm into what I'm called to do. This month in February, we're gonna celebrate five years as a church. While we celebrate five years as a church, we're gonna celebrate 117? I think 117 years of the history and legacy of Webb Baptist Church that blessed us with this building. It's so 100 and, I don't really know if it's 116 or 120, 1906, you can do the math yourself, whatever that is. 117, right? Sharp as an arrow, man. Mike's been quizzing me on my math. I'm getting good. I'm getting dangerous. I'm over here breaking apart participles. That's what I have nothing to do with math. <laughs> I'm counting precipitation. I'm doing, all, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm precipitating. I'm participling. I'm good at math. That's what it is. I'm, I'm getting great at it. Yep. And while I go through the trial of math, I got joy. We're going to celebrate five years. I'll just tell you, if you have in any way been blessed by the ministry and the people of Authentic, one small fraction of the reason is because there were people that started this, that when it wasn't easy or as easy as it is now, they chose joy and did not quit. They chose that even when other pastors, other leaders, other places, congregations, whatever, sent them Instagram messages, letters in their mailbox, handwritten notes, phone calls, text messages, telling them that they were heretical, that they weren't right, that they shouldn't start a church, that they were wrong for doing it, that they better watch what they're teaching because it's not this and it's not that and it's not of God and that God didn't call them to do it, that even when that was happening, my goal was not just get to the finish line, God. God, just get me through having this church start. God, just get me to the other side of this. No, no, my goal was, God, I don't care what they write, what they say, who they are, or what they know about who they know it about. My job is to walk with you, God, to go wherever you call me to go, to say what you call me to say, and while I say it, while I walk it, and while I do it, to not lose the joy that you put inside of me because of what someone on the outside has to say to my face or not.
sat at a coffee one time early on when we were first year of starting the church with this guy. I didn't know now. I've become more perceptive in the spirit to know when people invite me to something that I don't need to go to, I can just say no. No, thank you. I don't have time. I don't have time today. I don't have time ever. I won't be free next month or any other month hereafter. So the Lord says that I am, I'm not going. But before I had that wisdom to know that, I sat down with him because I'm like, oh, you know what, like, this person's on staff at a church, like, they're, like, a good person, like, they're asking me to sit down, I would, why wouldn't I sit down? And the purpose of the meetup was so that they could tell me that they've talked bad about me with other people and that they're not sorry. And I'm like, I don't really understand. It was like a, like a nine-minute meeting because after I realized that was the agenda, I was kind of like, hey, bro, uh, Bye. I just, didn't under, I just didn't get it. That's not me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to do that. And it's moments like that for me that could steal my joy. But it's also moments like that for me that can refine my faith and make it steadfast when I exercise joy regardless. I can turn around and lash out on all the people around me that I have the next meetings with and the next moments with because somebody dumped on me during one of their things. I can do that. Or I can keep my joy, let my faith be steadfast, and decide I'm bringing joy. Every door that I go to, I'll bring it in. Every door that I go out of, I'll bring it out. And while I'm on the inside or the outside, I'll have joy. This is how I will pass my tests. Your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full, say full, full effect. Don't edge it. Don't cut it. Don't cheat it. Don't stop it. Let steadfastness, let me tell you what steadfastness having its full effect is. It's the fullness of all the tests and the trial that you have to walk through meeting head on the fullness of all the joy that you're not letting go of. I'm not asking for it to stop. I'm asking for you to hold me while I'm through it and not so I can get through it so that while I'm going through it, I can show how good you are because of the joy that I have while I'm walking through in and around whatever I have to. Send me over, send me under, send me through, send me around. I don't care where you send me, send me with your presence because in your presence there is fullness of what? Joy. It's got to have its full effect because I don't want part of the joy that I'm supposed to have. I want all of the joy. So when they call you up on the phone and they're cussing and they're griping and they're shouting and you know in your mind they're actually wrong. Not just because of how dumb they're being, but because what they think they know, they don't have all the information. You can shut them down and tell them how wrong they are and come right back at that level, and t or you can count it all joy. This is the testing of our faith. This is the walking in the trial. It's not can you get through, it's do I have joy. The steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
I'll be honest with you, and it's not difficult for me to be honest with you in any regard. Someone was telling me that the other day. I was on a Zoom call with Joe from PA. What's happening, baby? Probably watching online later. And he kept saying, in full transparency, and then he would say something. And he did it like three times. And after the third time, we were, we were both like, hey, you don't have to keep saying in full transparency. Everything you say to me should be in full transparency as I to you, right? Just, it already is being fully honest. In full honesty to you, I'm lacking. Are you not? There are things in my life where I have need. I have not made it yet to this moment where I am fully complete, lacking nothing. But I will. When I choose joy, regardless of what I'm going through. And so will you. You will find the place that Paul talks about where he says, when I abound and when I abase, I am content, I lack nothing. In the prison, on the boat, with the snake bite, in the palace. It doesn't matter which way I go, whether, whether I'm about to be dead or whether I'm about to be alive, whether they're cursing me or whether they're loving me. Regardless, I have found my contentment. What is that? It's his joy. I want you to find yours. Even though I don't want you to be tested and I don't want you to go through trials, I know you will. So I will not pray them away for you, but I will stand with you and speak joy over your life and into your life as you receive it and decide that joy will mark God's people in 2023. That they will not complain like they used to, they will not be grumpy like they used to, they will not be griping like they used to, but there will be a fullness of joy on the church that the world will see it, they will want it, they'll want to buy it, they won't be able to, and we'll say, you can only have it in Jesus. And they will say, give me that Jesus, I want him. Keep standing, stand up, we're gonna close out. I want you to be steadfast, that it might have its full effect, that you may be lacking nothing, fully complete. It won't happen without a test, and it won't happen without you having joy in the midst of the test. You receive it? Praise God. Hey, after this, 